So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Episode of Who Talks First. I'm one of your hosts. I'm CT. Hi, I'm your other host. I'm Solo. So on this week's episode, we're gonna go catch up on the last three episodes of Resistance, and then a plethora of Galaxy's Edge news has dropped because some people got to go to Galaxy's Edge. Not us. And not us, even though we're everyone so listens to the podcast. Right. The inventor of of Star Wars. <laughs> George Lucas. I was going to say, like, Galaxy's Edge, but... Nope. I'm going straight to George. He listens. What's up, George? We appreciate you in this household. Uh, can we go to Galaxy's Edge, please? please? I wonder if George Lucas has been. So, like, He's gotta have been, right? You assume so, but he doesn't really, like, have but a still, like, But he still, like, visits the sets and stuff. He's yeah. gotta... Right? George? Yeah. What if they didn't invite George? They, they're going to invite George. George. But yeah, they invited uh, a few, like, of the big ner- nerd news sharing websites to go. Unfortunately, we are not part of that crew. But Is we'll it because we don't take notes? Probably. <laughs> Is it because you guys literally half-ass everything you do? What? Maybe, but we would have been there to bring the pep. We would have been very immersed and very excited. That's why we get we don't anything. Need... We're the personal pep squad. Yeah. We're just here to excite you. Oh! What? We can talk about our panel at Star Wars <gasps> yeah! Celebration. Our pet panel. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, but before we get into things, if you are going to Star Wars Celebration, we can formally announce that we have a panel at Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> Cut to nervous anxiety laughs. It'll be fine. I hope. Right? Right? So, at Star Wars Celebration on Saturday at 5.15pm on the fan panel stage, we are hosting our first live trivia night. Right. We've done trivia nights a couple times on our podcast. Yes. Which we can do another one of those next time we have a slow news week. Those are always we fun. Could. And you always beat me for some goddamn reason that shouldn't happen. <laughs> I you, agree. It you shouldn't luck happen. out. But we're doing a live trivia night on in at 5.15 p.m. And basically... What the plan for that is, is if you follow the Squadron Goals or the Who Talks First Twitter, Mm -hmm. you have seen my swag pin designs, and I have basically, I think, 24 different designs. Yes, you have a lot. Maybe 28. (laughs) Of a ton of different Star Wars characters. I've got things from Resistance, Clone Wars, Rebels, prequels, sequels. Originals. Originals. (laughs) Oh yeah, those guys. And... This is your chance to come and win these pins. And they're totally free. It's a family-friendly event. Mm-hmm. You do not have to have any sort of stage presence to or public speaking presence to play. We're going to have a little station set up around the room. Uh, Scavenger's Horde is going to be joining us there. Uh, part of Meta Machina is going to be joining us there. And a couple of our other friends are going to help us out 
host different games and trivia mm -hmm. around the room, and hopefully a Death Star Cornhole. Hopefully. So, we will be hosting that. You you get pins just for walking in the door, so yeah. if you just want to come in, grab a bag of pins, and leave. And trading. So, if you we, we're going to set up a little trading booth so you can yeah. trade with others. Just in case you don't get the character you want. And as somebody who has a pretty solid stage fright, just understand, like, Court already said, but you don't have to have a stage presence. No. Don't feel like you're, you're going to be afraid. You don't have to, like, yell out answers. We are probably going to do something where people can do that if that's what they want. Yeah. Like, me and Court will be up on the stage doing that for people who want to interact in that way, but there will be a station in the back where you do not have to do that. And you don't have to know anything about Star Wars, because, again, Death Star Cornhole. Yeah. Which, again, is, like, a 90% chance of being there. I'm just afraid security won't let us bring that into the room for some reason. It should, but it should be fine. It should be. I'm guessing it should be fine, just on that chance they're like, why are you bringing this giant wood board? Because of Death Star Cornhole! Because it's Cornhole! Cornhole's I mean, amazing. as long as it makes it through security, mm -hmm. it should be fine. I would hope. So yeah, we'll the, see. the panel is called Trivia Night, a Star Wars game night. Come hang out with us there, because it's going to be real fun, and there's going to be a lot of cool people there. So it's a, it's a little hangout. Could be a lot up. of cool people and also us. And us. <laughs> Not even the best one. Yeah. And we hope it goes smoothly. It's going to be so interesting because I I have so many pins. So if you're, I'm not going to run out. Right. Unless for some reason 2,000 people show up. But I'm going, we're, we're guessing. But no way. Because I'm guessing somewhere around 50. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Just 50. I'm, that's what I'm guessing, but I have no idea. Oh boy. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I have I have some planted extra volunteers in the audience. Who, uh, <laughs> just in case it gets too overwhelming. Yeah, who, who I was just like, do, do you, you need more word? help? A code word. I'll be like, uh, code word, uh, extra volunteers. <laughs> no, we gotta come And all of them code. take off their shirts, and they have, like, the pork shirts on. Yeah. And so, because I said, we're like, I think we're good on volunteers, but just in case we're mm. somehow overwhelmed. I've got a lot of pins, guys. It should be... Should be fine. And it's only 45 minutes, so. Right. I could literally give away, like, seven pins a minute and still have more pins. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. I have a lot. That's good to know. So if you have kids, family-friendly, completely, and it'll just be a fun hangout to chill. Yeah, because there'll be no reason for us to... It's mostly me. I'm the swearer. But I'll be very good. All right. Because we're not, we're not going to be discussing anything. No. We're no. not going to be, like, deep theory diving. No. You know what I mean? We may be, depending on what happens to the episode of Nine panel, just be like, oh my god, the episode Nine panel. But yeah. it's mostly just going to be a fun hangout panel. So yeah. Yeah. That's happening. Please bring your kids. That sounds creepy, but... Oh god. I want them to have fun at a celebration. They I do too. I don't feel like there's probably, there's probably not a lot of events for them, and this is something And what that... I really wanted to do is make a fun event that was also free where you like could get stuff right because i know a celebration is like so expensive so i personally i put this is all my own money that i put into this some people were thinking this was like an official event yeah no and they were getting upset at me for the pin designs because i drew eyelashes on the pins for the girls <laughs> <laughs> and um so they're controversial but uh, these are not official pins just a fun thing to do for free. Yeah. While you're there. And walk away with a prize. Yeah. You get a prize no matter what. I say that unless there's like 4,000 people. <laughs> the number just goes up. Well, it can't. It, how many people. How, what, how was it capped at? 
the, the event I don't itself. know what time are the cap, the, the like celebration? Yeah. It's like 30,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, four people, 4,000 people could show up then, I guess. <laughs> but why would they? I doubt it. I think I we're going to get 50 to 100. I just wish they would tell us the size of the panel. I know. We don't know. So, let's move on. Resistance. We missed, well, we didn't miss three episodes. I missed three episodes we had to catch up on. We have three episodes to catch up on. The yes. first one was the core problem. Yes. Uh, Poe Dameron shows up and takes Kazuda Ziono on a bit of a mission. And Oscar Isaac is such a good voice actor. Can he's... I just give him props again? Mm-hmm. There were so many times where he's like, get over here. And I'm like, that was very good. I... This is, like, the version of Poe Dameron I actually like. Me too. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not the hugest Poe fan. I love him in Resistance. I do too. I got, I well, got this before all of his, like, all the stuff that really tests him, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a very good journey for Poe. Even though I'm not super liking where he ended up. But there's still chance. There's still, there's still a chance in episode nine. Yeah. Like, I just don't think he's really gonna get his arc played out. Which, he, it might. So, but it might not. Even if it doesn't get played out in the movies, depending on how long Resistance goes, mm-hmm. there's a potential that we could see more of that in the show. Mm-hmm. Which I'm down with because I like the way they write Poe in Resistance. I do too. So, Poe and Kaz, they go off and check out this part of the galaxy that the First Order has been running amok in. Yes. And they've noticed that... Corrin shit. The Corrin shit? They're Corrin. Oh, they're Corrin shit, yeah. They noticed that basically a bunch of these like unknown region planets have been completely gutted or destroyed Mm -hmm. so essentially what was happening is that they were testing out stuff for star killer yes and either the planets would collapse before they could reach the core or something like that would happen and finally they found something that sort of worked on tahar Mm -hmm. and I don't think they ever said the planet was called Tahar. Um, we know that the children from Tahar, mm-hmm. who are the Force-sensitive kids that are on the Colossus, are from Tahar. And there's a lot that is insinuating that this planet that they end up on is was. Tahar. Yeah. Because you see the symbol on the temple that is the same symbol that is on uh, the kid's bracelet. Right. So... Assuming that very heavily implied, and it's also, I I really like this theory. I fully believe it until they say otherwise. Mm-hmm. That this is kind of visual proof that this planet was the planet that we saw in the Force Awakens with Kylo and the Knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I believe it was Star Wars Explained who like really went into this theory, but basically the shape of the temple kind of resembles the shape of the temple that you see. On Tahar, I don't think this... Some people don't think this is true because mm. they think this is a vision from the future. Mm. I do think what Ray sees... Is a force back. Is a, is a force back. I do think there is some sort of... Because Kylo does see her right. in that force vision. But I do think that's more of a Star Warsy weird force, you guys have a strange bond kind of thing. Yes. And I think it would be kind of in- interesting if they go into like the, the bond even transcends time. Yeah, I'd like it. It'd be really interesting. I doubt they're going to do that because it's very confusing. You but... think that they wouldn't do that when they've literally already introduced time travel? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, because I would have agreed with you until oh. until uh, they brought someone back from the dead. I forgot about that. No, I pulled them through time. 
Okay, now I'm actually like a little bit into it that I, I assume Kylo would have said something by now if Why? he's like, I've seen you before. I like, you've shown up at different parts of my life. Just. Well, doesn't he sort of already kind of imply that? He, in the book, he implies that. Right. Where he's like, oh, it is you. Yeah. And, and you don't know what he's referring to. And you're like, oh, it could just be like the awakening in the force. It's you. Or. Or. It's that girl that I saw on, that showed up for just a second on Tahar. I'm, I'm actually a little bit into it. No, I changed my mind. Ha <laughs> 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 Changing minds! It's Raylo, Ooh. I'm into it. <laughs> so, I, I think that this planet is Tahar. That we see the Knights of Ren on, and... My, I think there is a, a very good knights, chance of it. Here we go. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Hmm, tell me a story. I just want the Knights of Ren because I want like an Organization Thirteen X yes! Phantom again. Yes, I really want a Heathens AMV made with the Knights of Ren. Yeah, that would be like some good ass shit. Yeah, I'm into all of this, especially Bob Ren. Bob Ren, R O C. I, yeah, you know what? I'm into it. I I because re- we kind of I'd be shocked if the Knights of Ren aren't in nine. I'm. 100% sure of it. It would be very much a wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, let's be real. In Star Wars, the heroes are very popular, but who sells the most merch? It's the villains. The masked villains. So it's a very missed, like, a, like a <laughs> merch opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's also a missed story point opportunity because it's so interesting. You really want to get to know these characters. As a person who doesn't normally even like the villain characters, I want them. That's Organization 13. <laughs> That's because the Organization 13 are Japanese villains. And are Japanese villains ever really villains? No. Not really. They're always just misunderstood. Yeah. Which is a lot of a lot of Star Wars monsters. A lot. Mm. Not always. But, but a lot. A decent chunk of them are like the 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 monster the sea monster in the episode with the baby. Yeah. She was just you're like she's she just wanting her baby back. She's misunderstood. She just wants her baby back. Yeah. But I really want some good Knights of Ren stuff. Yeah. I really hope so. Yeah. And they're all just... I still hope they're just, like, for Luke's former students that also felt, like... Alienated? Alienated and, and hurt, and they felt like their emotions were being suppressed rather than dealt with healthily. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in there. I just really like Kylo and... Good stuff. And, like, I keep forgetting how short of a time frame... This has all been? Yeah, because a lot of people make the arguments like, well, they haven't shown up yet. I'm like, it's been four days. Yeah. <laughs> they have their days off. They're out somewhere. They'll this be back. Is... Star Wars is such, like, uh, I'm going to break this down in a way that maybe you're probably not going to super understand, but some listeners out will, out there will. It's such a and d session all because right. you're like... I'm going to zone out for a little the, bit. The ahead. timeline, you're like, this has happened. This has taken a long time. Like, no, the planning of it has. It's just been a lot of time in between sessions. But in your actual game, it's only been four days, guys. And you're like, oh, shit, that didn't really line up the way that I thought it did. I've been thinking on these characters and their motivations and, like, building their, like, their ev- their drive in between sessions. But in session, it's, oh, sh- it's only been, uh, oh, no, it's only been a day. A day. Ah, crap. Yeah, I'm so excited. So, anyway, uh, Kaz finds Ben Solo's Tuka Cat plush. There's 100% confirmed. 100% confirmed. There is no other 
person that could belong to. We know no that Ben had a Tuca cat plush in his youth, thanks to the Aftermath trilogy. And he was literally the only person who would have ever had that. Yeah, ever, ever had that. And he was there, so clearly he brought it as, like, a comfort. While he was a Knights of Ren. And, and and he dropped it, and the knights were making fun of him. And he was and, like, and he dropped it. And yeah, and then he was like, you're not my friends anymore! And they were like, you're, that's your Tuka kid. And he was like, ah! And then that's how they had the falling out. Yeah, and that's why they left, yeah. He's yeah. like, you, you're not allowed to come back with me on my ship. Goodbye! Don't make, oh no, where'd Tuka go? And then he left his Tuka kid there. And that's when he was like, I, I cast off this, this person I used to be. Ben is no more! Only Ben cared about the Tuka cat. I don't. I'm Kylo Ren. That was the true death of Ben <laughs> You heard it here first. A Knights of Ren exclusive. So, yeah, the, the, the probe had kids. That was probably one of my favorite lines. Of it has kids! It has kids! Uh, and the one that was left, and it was like, Mom! and then Poe just killed it. And I was like, that was kind of sad. I am so, I love CB23. And we'll talk about She's this more so in cute. the other episodes discussions, but CB23 has risen her ranks. You know, I really want us to put together, a, like, a Disney bound of BB-8 and CB23. <gasps> oh my god! Can we please? Outfits for celebration or something. Oh my god, yes. Let's. Oh my god, I think I just had a heart attack. My heart literally skipped a Wouldn't beat. Wouldn't it be I was so, so excited. cute? And we could just walk by each out. other That's and why. give them like. <laughs> give each other high fives whenever we walk by each other. Get lighters and just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, worry. I'll have a taser. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. But they're doing a really good job of adding these news characters that I really like, I really care about, mm-hmm. and I really like where they're taking a lot of these characters, how every character has a different arc mm-hmm. and a different personality. I really like what they're doing with Tam and how slowly over time, how she's just getting frustrated that she feels like she's being left out of everything. Yeah. And she, she's she like, you won't let understand. me understand. You won't let me understand. I'm like, damn, this is so good. And it's because I really... Like, well, I guess this is more for, like, the later episodes, but it a little is, bit but... now is of her kind of talking about her father, or not her father, her grandfather, which was a couple episodes, being like, he did what he had to do to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brought this interesting discussion of having the luxury of having that choice. Yeah. Where Kaz is super wealthy, and he does have the luxury of being able to choose which side he's on yeah when someone like tam who didn't grow up with that much money so but had a family that needed to eat and you couldn't really escape mm-hmm. what you want what like what was around you because like it's not so yeah. easy to just jump off a planet and find a better place to be better to be yeah. the the quote-unquote good guys not everyone has that luxury yeah sometimes you have to do shitty shit it's a, sometimes it's a privilege to have a choice of what you're going to yeah. like fight for 100 percent so it's, they've brought in like some really interesting themes, but anyway, they kind of figure out that the first order is doing some bad crap. If you didn't realize that, <laughs> the spoiler crime alert: syndicate is doing, doing the, the crimes? crimes. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I will tell you something. The people who took these tongues from these people, it was the crime, crime syndicate. syndicate. <gasps> what? But at least, at least in Resistance, you can understand how people would be a little bit surprised. Because mm-hmm. they're 
that is such a good moment between Tam and Kaz when they're going back and forth. I'm like, yeah, but we're safer now than we've ever been. And he goes like, it is true. We are safer than we have ever been. And we have so much food inside of our, like, mm -hmm. inside of the market. It is great. And then they're like, yeah, but we don't have any freedoms. Yes, that is true. We do not, we are not able to leave after a certain curfew. And like, it's a very good moment. And it's a, like, it's so, so good to like really just drive home that, yeah, they may be bad, but they're also doing good. This is why this is complicated. Mm -hmm. This is why this is a war. Yeah. And the, like, we know as the audience that the reason they're doing this good is to try to trick people into yes. that false sense of security. But, but. The fact remains as that the not audience, as the characters in the show, you're like, no, we don't have we don't have the hunger issues we've had anymore. We, we aren't actually there's no pirates anymore. Are these guys really that bad? Yeah. So you have to look at things from the character point of view instead of just like what the audience knows. Yeah. Uh, intention isn't known. Yeah. You you can't know that. You can never know what a person's intentions are mm -hmm. truly unless they state them, mm -hmm. and they don't know that the intention there is to actually. Just take over this place. And so at the end of that episode is when they figured it out. The yeah. first episode. So it's kind of realized that the Colossus is a it's a refueling station. And it's the last refueling, refueling station before you get to the unknown region. Yes. So, and which is where they've been doing all of their experience. So they want experience. <laughs> experiments. So they want this station, the First Order, in order to be able to continue... Going into deep Going space. Going into the, the deep space area. Ba 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 ba. So the next episode was called The Disappeared. <laughs> so, episode starts off with more First Order shenanigans. It was the conversation between Tam and. Wasn't that in the beginning of that episode? Uh, it might have been in the beginning of that episode, but I kind of think the episode first shot it off with just. A race. Oh, yeah, just And race. they were like, you gotta stop racing. And he's like, we'll never stop racing. And then two seconds later, he's like, we're forcing you to stop racing. You're like, okay. That was very quick. It was. Okay. Poor. Oh, can I? Okay. I want to share my fan theory that isn't true, but it's what I want to believe until, mm. not believe, but I think it's just fun. That Sabine is Tora's mother. <laughs> Here we go. It's not true whatsoever, and I don't actually believe it, but I think it would be cute. What? Tora has a lot of Sabine's art in her room. Mm -hmm. Cute as shit. So, uh, Tora has the same five symbol, but just in different colors, mm -hmm. on her shoulder armor. There's clearly a reference to Sabine there. Yeah. She clearly idolizes Sabine. Yeah. But I would be, think it would be really cute if Sabine... Because she could be, like, age-wise and time-wise. She could be. She could be her mother. She, they've got the same bangs... I'd rather, personally, I'd rather her just be, like, her aunt or something. That that could also, well, I don't I mean, she did think. have a brother. They have a brother. Yeah. But that would. we know that Tora has a mother. Yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't think. Yeah. Just somewhere, like, related, but I'm like, I don't want it just to be immediately her mean. And then but. she's got, like, the little, like, the face paint on. Yeah. Like, my mom liked me. <laughs> Truly, again, I don't think this is right. actually a thing whatsoever. I just think it would be somewhat cute because I love Tora and I love. I really do like that she likes Sabine, or like knows of Sabine and this. Yeah, because it's clear. Like her shoulder armor is clearly sort of I, a reference. I definitely want her to idolize Sabine and like know of Sabine mm -hmm. and like draw inspiration from her in that way. And I wouldn't be mad because we do know Tora's mom was part of the alliance, right? That's all we know, though. 
Right. She might have been a pilot, which Sabine wasn't a pilot, but I'm sure she learned. <laughs> Sabine probably knows how to fly something. Oh, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, yeah. I feel like, like she's got her. She's Happy got her. Happy one year anniversary <gasps> for Rebels ending. Aww. And I think it's on Tuesday, but suppose Aww. not. Yeah. I thought it's been longer than that, to be honest. I thought it, it would have been, it been two years. It honestly does feel like it's been longer than that. Yeah. but Which is good, because time goes by too quickly. So I was thankful. I mean, kind of. That just... Oh, man. We're old. Time goes by so slowly. <laughs> so, anyway, they're doing races. The races are stopped. Because it's a security threat, a.k.a. they can't have the aces out to stop the First Order in case of any... Uh, in case anyone catches on mm-hmm. to the first order being bad. Yeah. So they ground the ships, and they take a bunch of people captive, mm-hmm. including uh, Hype. Hype, Faison, Aunt Z, and mm-hmm. that... The little purple guy. The little purple guy. And wasn't... I th- there was a one more person. Yeah, there was, like, was like a big... An, incident- an incidental he, Yeah, character. he never even spoke Yeah, in that episode. He might have had lines some other time. So they take these people, and they're going to ship them off somewhere... Somewhere. ...to be taken care of. And... Tora and Kaz go on a adventure to save these characters. Mm-hmm. See, this is where, like, I totally understand the decision they made because it's what they had to do with how they are doing uh, Tam's character. Because you would think this would be a really good, almost, reconciliation arc for her and Hype, mm-hmm. which we haven't really gotten yet. Right. And so you almost, part of me was like, oh, I wish it was Kaz and Tam. Tam. Uh, I can even say Tora and Tam, but Kaz Kaz is the main character of the show. He and and he up. is the, the rebel spy, so yeah. he should be there to help them plan things out. Yeah. So, I can see the argument of like wanting Tam there, but also Tam, who's sort of just not wanting to upset the First Order, because they are, they are protecting the base in her mind. In her mind, for sure. And everything's just kind of like a misunderstanding. That she would be part of this. And also, it kind of drives her story of that she's not involved in anything. Yeah. And that's why she's getting pissed off. She's like, this is just a misunderstanding. I don't understand. Because she doesn't know Mm -hmm. that her friends are involved in this stuff. She doesn't. Yeah. So Tam and... Not Tam. Tora and Kaz go out to save their friends. Hijinks occur. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the episode, which I didn't think about this the first time I saw it. No, you didn't. And I was like, what? So they say, like, uh, Aunt C is like, I have a friend at Taco Dano, we're going to go there. Because they do steal the ship, but they still have to leave. The people they capture, they still have to leave, which I'm glad is something they thought of. Because I yeah. thought they were just trying to get them out. But like, clearly no. these people would... Still the be first wanted. would know, yeah. So it is a good plot point that they brought up. That Aunt C is like, we have to go to Taco Dano, I have a friend there. And we'll fly it. Hype can fly anything. <laughs> yeah. So they fly off. And so the first time I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's fun. She knows mods. And then you're like. And then this time I just went, oh, no. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Taco Donna gets messed up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go to Taco Donna right now. <laughs> Maybe they'll miss it. I don't. Who knows how long the trip is. Maybe they'll just land and it's already destroyed. Like, I, I don't know. It is super rough. We know, I think Maz is able to like, rebuild the castle. I don't know how many casualties there are in 
the destruction of her castle and the right. First Order coming in there. Because in The Last Jedi, when she makes her appearance, she's like, ah, shooting bullets. She's like, ah, it's a union dispute. So, yeah. I'm assuming it's her business that they're talking about. Like, yeah. her it does. It doesn't make it, yeah. It doesn't make it seem like it's First Order related at all. But So, but I'm like, oh no, they're... They're, like, running from the First Order in a place the First Order is going to mess up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the real reason the First Order is there. It's just for them. <laughs> it's just the, They've been where's tracking the Aunt Z? Where and is she that? Those, those loud mouths. Let's oh, get them. The droids here, too? Great. Shit, cool. Great. Might as well. Kylo's like, yeah, two birds, one stone. Got it. Let me go find Ray. Hey, and then the girl's there. Pick her up and hold her Gently. Like a bribe. Great. <laughs> it's neat. Some neat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last episode that we had to catch up on. The last episode before the finale. Yeah. This is going to be a long episode today, guys. I apologize. But, uh... It makes up for the short episodes. Yeah, that's true. The last, uh, episode we watched today was called The Descent. Mm, sure. it's called? I clicked too quick. I didn't pay attention to the I'm going to say it was called The Descent. Because, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. the base underwater. Yeah. So, at the end of the last episode, the First Order kind of captures Team Fireball. Mm-hmm. And we start off in that same place with Team Fireball being captured. Tam is like, this is just a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? And Kaz and Niku and Yeager. Well, Niku doesn't know yet. Nick, but Niku also leaves, though. It's true. They do leave. They, they're they able to get away. Yeager <laughs> just throws the blaster. I'm guessing because the blaster was out of energy or something. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Sparky when he throws it. I think they oh, might have it? shot okay. it. But he gets so frustrated and he just throws it and you're like, same. <laughs> That's me. Just like, all right. I'll Fine! Throw it and leave. Tam stays with the First Order. Or she, like... She's captured. She's captured. But she doesn't run to them. Yeah. She allows herself to... Uh, I don't want to say it like, allows herself to be captured, but fight. she doesn't fight. Because she's it. like, yeah. we're, this is innocent. Like, I'm innocent. We're all innocent here. This is a misunderstanding. They'll see. Mm-hmm. They'll see. It's like, we don't have any reason. The, uh, most of Team Fireball, Sans, Tam, go on a journey where they flee. Yeah. And they They're go back down to the, the, the turtle people. The, what are they just called, like, the, the, the shell, shell people? people? I think that's Like, literally? The shell, so. the shell folk? Maybe shell folk. I think it's shell folk. The shell folk um, with the kids from Tehar. And let me tell you about the kids from Tehar. One, Jaeger's going to adopt them hands down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jaeger's going to adopt them eventually. Two. When all is said and done. Because these, I would. Oh, yeah. That's like his whole purpose in life is mm-hmm. to adopt these children. Absolutely. Two, these kids, the reason why these kids are here, because these four sensitive kids are here is to tie us back to what's going on in the in the sequel trilogy. They're going to be like, oh, I felt a huge disturbance. Yep. I felt like a bunch of people just died. Oh, I wonder if they'll be the ones to be like, something's about to happen in Posnian Prime. Ah. And if, if Kaz can be the... Because I... Kaz's parents might die in yeah. Posnian Prime. They might. But they also got four sensitive kids. And they also just might get information leaked. I and was able told... To- that, like, everyone cried watching the finale. Rough. Yeah. Rough. So, but, and just in the case of, sake of the theory that I kind of want Kaz's family to live because I want to meet them. I really want to meet Kaz's Oh, uh, me dad. too. And I'm, ta- like, 
I understand the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. To have these characters have these backstories. It's the same reason why D&D characters always have a tragic backstory, because why the fuck else would you be sacrificing so much? Yeah. Because if you're totally happy and fine, you're not going to fight as hard. Mm-hmm. But I also just... I We did have it with Sabine. Like, she did have her family still. But I would like to have heroes who still have people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I would also... Because there's a lot of, like, unresolved tension with Kaz's family. Yeah, I would like... I would like th- for that to be dealt with. Yes. In some sort of way. But also, like, on a tragic train there's no safe place for them so let's say that because i was assuming either jaeger and tam while they're imprisoned find out about Osmond and prime and Uh are able to tell kaz or i'm actually i'm liking the kids yeah that's my they're like i feel the disturbance in the force except i don't say those words because i'm not an actual it's it's like hazi and prime you have to tell them and then kaz who just doesn't understand force shit it's like what are you talking about it's like no you need to do you know anyone there? You need to tell them to leave. Uh-huh. And they try to get a message out. Or even if they can't get the message out because the First Order is stopping all their communication. Because the blanket's too strong. House. <laughs> but, like, how tragic is that is if you knew and but you just couldn't get the message out yeah. to tell them to leave. Yeah. And also, it's also very good. Kaz would probably tell them to go to Dakar because that's where Leia was, like, at the end of the episode. And, like, I'm going to send you the coordinates to our new base. Which is also going to be effed up in about 48 hours. Yeah. So. But I don't know that. Eh. Dang. Yeah. We have these people going to Taco Dada, which is going to be effed up. We have people living on Hosnian Prime, which is about to go kablooey. Yeah. And then we have Leia giving us directions to Dakar, which is also going to be kablooey. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough time. I am. I'm curious if... Season two will be slightly off the Colossus. And a little part of me wants it to be, because I think it would be cute to have, like, Tam, Tora, Sonara, Niku, and Kaz, like, flying to Dakar and joining the Resistance. Yes. Yeah. That'd be nice. But anyway, they're, they're trying to get a message out to the Resistance is the point of this episode. So they sink the base. They sink the base they so they sink can the swim Colossus, up. Yeah. Because there's no other way to get up there because everything's closed off. And it's a good plan. It made sense. Gave me anxiety because I don't like it when things are underwater. But it was fine. And then we got to meet Tyranny, who... Oh, I love Agent Tyranny. Yeah, me too. Tyranny. Tyranny. It's a little on the nose for a name. It's a little rough for a name. But the character is compelling and charismatic. And I can understand why... I like it when they introduce characters like this. Because when you meet the First Order like first order people who are just running around giving orders and you're like... Like, I get it, but, like, who would ever be inspired by these people? But you meet someone like Tierney, and you're like, okay, I see. She's very charismatic. She's putting everything out. Like, she's not even really lying. She's not. She's like, Cass is the one who's been lying to you. Mm -hmm. Which is true. Which is true. It's, they're handling this very well. And I hope that people are able to watch this from a inside the show standpoint and not the audience standpoint. Mm -hmm. Because I that that's a thing that I think a lot of people have an inability to do, is that you watch it from, like, the audience standpoint, so you don't understand why a character would do something. It's because they don't know, the character does not know that. You mm-hmm. as the audience do. Right. Character like Tam? No idea. She, she does not see what's happening here. She just knows that her family, or, like, her friends have lied to her, mm-hmm. that... 
uh, like Kaz told her that he was a poor kid from Coruscant who just wanted to learn how to fly when he's a he's a rich kid from Hosnian Prime who's a spy for the Resistance. Who's been, like, lying this whole time. And, t- and Tam even kind of knew. And she mm-hmm. was like, tell me what's going on. And they were like, no, you wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. They just shut her out every single time. Yeah, it's... I, I really enjoy that they're exploring this arc of why someone would be... Uh, drawn to the First Order and why they would understand. And why somebody who, again, it's it's so good because she's from a background where she's felt probably really out of control, out Mm -hmm. of her situation. And so for her to see something that's going to give order and give structure to her life, that is compelling for her. Mm -hmm. Where Kat, who grew up with privilege, is like, no, we need freedom. Because he hasn't had to have that struggle. And she's like, freedom? Sometimes I couldn't even... I wasn't even able to eat. And now we live in a place that is safe with food. And And like, yeah, I had to sacrifice some things for it. But like, you don't know what it's like. Mm -hmm. I would give up those things for food. It's very compelling. I I really enjoy the story arc that they've they've given uh, Tam. And I, I really hope they... Uh, it's going to be really interesting watching this finale to mm-hmm. see what happens. Yeah. Because you're like, yeah, get off the, the season might come off and then we get to see all these characters together. But I'm, I don't think that this party is going to stay together for a, a season. They might rejoin later, but I'm starting to think that they're going to split a little bit. Yeah. It, it very well might. Because Kaz himself just might go alone to it's the true. car. Yeah. For all we know. Because I do think this is the last time we've seen Poe. Uh, until maybe a season three. Yeah. I don't think we're three going, or four. Like I don't obviously. think we're going to see Poe at all until after Time the episode era. nine era. Yeah, if he survives. But I assume Poe is their go-to good boy because his story arc isn't that important for the sequel trilogy. Yes, so they can kind of give him whatever he's like important enough in the sequel trilogy that he draws people into the side content. Yes, but his arc isn't important enough that they're really worried about it, so they can keep giving him. A ton of stuff. They're like, yeah. all right, you'll read this Poe Dameron book, right? Yeah. You don't have to worry about messing up continuity because it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got a good, very good chance of staying alive. So the episode ends with them releasing that statement and are, like, really getting the message out to the Resistance and Leia saying, like, it, it pains me, but we don't have the people. Yeah. And then she just goes, you're not alone. Yeah. And I screamed my bloody head off because I love myself some good, like, Simple, c- cinematic poetry. Yeah. Especially from mother to son. Dad. Yeah. My boy learned from his mama. You're not alone. It was so... Because, like, you know that's, like, a parallel. They obviously... Oh, yes. You, you know that one's an obvious one. Yes. Because what she was saying didn't totally... It fit, but you know, you know. No, it was definitely there on purpose. Uh, Yeager also gets captured at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. He sacrifices, like, his capture to distract them so that Kaz and... Mm -hmm. uh, So both Tam and Yeager are captured. Yeah. At that point. Which is honestly good for Tam because her chances of getting out alone are very slim. Mm Mm-hmm. So. But we'll see if she even wants to get out. Yeah. It'll be... 
Oh, she's not feeling it's... super captured right now. She's just, like, there. Mm -hmm. She's being questioned, but, like, very civilly. Mm -hmm. it, it, she hasn't really been in captivity. No, she's been at a bar with Tierney. Yeah. <laughs> just drinking, and she's like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I'm very confused. It's, oh, God, it's very good. <sighs> oh, I love it. And then we see that the pirates intercepted the message, mm -hmm. and... Sonara! You Not just, that we thought Sonara was going to be gone for very long. But. No, but you can see them wheels turning in her head, and I'm like, come on, Sonara. Come on, girl. Let's do something. So, Because I love Sonara, too. I really like so many of these characters. I do, too. I like way more, like, again, I really did like Rebels, but I like way more, like, a larger amount of these characters already than I did in Rebels. Mm -hmm. Rebels, like, a lot of the characters took time, much more time to grow on me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think this is the strongest first season of a cartoon Star Wars has ever had. Um, yeah, because... Clone Wars was rough, too. <laughs> Clone Wars season one was not super great. Yeah. And we already knew most of those characters. Yeah, it was super rough. I think this is by far the strongest. I'm very mm -hmm. attached to all of those characters. Hello, Toriadoza. Love you. You're a good girl. And you're just so cute. She's very cute. This is gonna be fun! <laughs> And just like when she pops up, she's like, hi guys, and she's just waving. Hi guys, this is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, I love her accent too. It's very cute. She's very, she's so cute. But yeah, the next two episodes are the season one finale, which I'm so sad. This is, it's been really nice having Resistance as this new Star Wars stuff I've been looking forward to. Yeah. And now it's just going to be... Empty until... Quiet until celebration. Until celebration. I'm guessing celebration will get, like, the first episode of season two, maybe. And we'll probably get, like, some some of season two before episode nine happens. Yeah. It's gonna... Oh, man, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be so interesting. Because can... I mean, the war is gonna end after episode nine. Yeah. So... Maybe. <laughs> probably. <laughs> So I, I'm assuming the rest of Resistance has to take place within this time gap between 8 and 9. Yeah. I, I, it just can't continue on past, I mean, it, I'm sure there's little things that are going to go wrong in the galaxy, but no, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I love Resistance. It's great. And wow, we spent 42 minutes talking about that. So I mean, let's go back into what we also want to talk about, which is all the new stuff for Galaxy's Edge. But now's your time to leave if you don't care about theme parks. But you shouldn't care about theme parks because it's it's very good. Yes. So the article I'm going to be referencing today is the uh, Gizmodo uh, article that was 77 th most fascinating things about Galaxy's Edge. 77? Yeah, we don't have to... Holy shit. Yeah, so some of them I'm just going to, like, read. We don't need to talk about. Yeah. So... The first thing on this list about, on the 70, 70, 70, 77, 70, 77 most fascinating things about Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Is that George Lucas went to Disneyland in the first week it opened in 1955. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, is this about him going to, because you did. Oh, no, no. It was about how he went to Disneyland. Wow. Interesting. That has nothing to do with Galaxy's Edge. No. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, number Clickbait. two, it had to be new. Galaxy's Edge takes place on a newly created planet called The Two. Not one of the familiar planets from the movies. Alright. Duh. Also know that. It takes place on The Two. Duh. Three, Ray, Finn, Poe, and BB-8 are in the park. Though it was mentioned in his last article, 
One of the biggest pieces of news revealed over the trip was that Rey, Finn, Poe, and BB-8 all joined Kylo Ren in the ride in the ride Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance. All of the characters' actors reprise their roles, which are mostly on screens. Where's Rose? I'm. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, that's just gonna be my sad Rose squeak. Yeah. Because. I, I know BB-8's a droid and not really gendered, but mm-hmm. the droids have gender terms. Like, CB-23 is a girl droid, and yeah, BB-8's which, a he. To me, BB-8 was always a girl until they started to introduce mm-hmm. CB-23, and I'm like, oh, uh, man, now that you've gendered her. Well, I mean, they, they've gendered BB-8, too. They've called him him. Yeah, but they, like, even, that was even a inside, like, Lucasfilm. They were like, this people called BB-8 a he, but, like, all the audio people called BB-8 a she. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so it was even like you know what I mean. Still is like a conflict. But I'm like, I'm so like, you have so Ray is the only girl on these rides. Yeah, duh. My Rose, jeez. But it's kind of assumed that these characters would make their appearance. But it looks like all the actors reprise their roles, which surprises me a little bit because mm-hmm. I would have thought Kylo was CG. Because yeah. of the whole mask thing, which you can tune into my angry rant in the last episode. Yeah. So, four. Everything happening takes place in the current trilogy. Since characters like Rey and Kylo appear in Galaxy's Edge, the events happening here take place at some point during the sequel trilogy. How, however, Pablo Hidalgo, senior creative executive at Lucasfilm, explained, the planet's history has been mapped well beyond that. Should Star Wars jump around in time, as it often does... We know how Batuu is represented in that time frame. Mm. Interesting. I mean, makes sense. You would want to, like, map out things so that they could have different events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And different characters show up. Yeah. Makes sense. Number five. Basically the same fun fact, but I'm but worded slightly differently. Five. As Star Wars changes, so can Galaxy's Edge. With the new movies, shows, and so much more coming from Star Wars, story adaption is built into the land. There are so many things that exist within this land that suggest there are stories waiting to be told, which was kind of the last fact. Yeah, these lists are always really stretches. 77 facts. Six, the rides tell canon stories. If everything happening on Batuu is canon, so it goes for the rides. Oh, so it also goes for the rides. Mm -hmm. The events of the attractions are both canon, especially Rise of the Resistance, which has the actors on it. Purely speculative, but purely speculative, but the ride may suggest that there's a sizable time jump before Episode Nine, since it is likely it represents a battle between the Resistance and the First Order after the Last Jedi. Yeah, okay. Which means Kylo's there in his new. All of them are going to be in their new outfits. Yeah, but I mean, these are kind of things that like you kind of already assumed. Yeah. <laughs> Seven, naming the planet was one of the biggest challenges. It took over a year and hundreds of possible names before Batuu and Black Spire Outpost were settled on. You picked Batuu? Batuu. For that long? Batuu. You had a year and you landed on Batuu? And you landed on a spit noise of a... Okay. Eight, spires are the planet's Star Wars feature. Okay. Star Wars planet as a thing. Spires is Batus. Okay, sure. It's a spire planet. Well, some are swamp planets. Okay. Nine. It's called Black Spire Outpost for a reason. I bet you it's because one of the spires is black. Hold on. Oh my god. Batu is a planet made of spires. What is with these spires? Oh my god. But okay. one in particular stands out. The black one. <laughs> Sitting in the middle of the outpost is one spire that 
Okay. Look at these fun facts! <laughs> Jesus. Next. The mystery of the Black Spire will remain a mystery. <laughs> I love this list. Thank I'm... you. Next. Hold on. Hold oh. on. Having this mysterious namesake in the center of the town suits everyone just fine. <laughs> Doesn't There's suit me this just mystery fine. that will remain a mystery. Everyone's, everyone's cool with it. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Eleven. Black Spire is one of Batu's largest settlements. <laughs> While much of Batu looks like it remains a mystery, all right, we, it's mysterious. <laughs> Twelve, much of the Black, what is with the spire? Much of the Black Spire's inspiration was drawn from Europe and Africa. The design teams behind Galaxy's Edge traveled to ancient markets of Turkey, Morocco, and other places in Northern Africa to draw uh, up inspiration. Down to the tiniest details like electric outlets to figure out what Batu would look like. Alright. Thirteen. Batu was a po- was possible because Star Wars is the star. I don't get it. What? Let's read the rest, what it says. The unique properties of Star Wars made this whole project possible because it's a franchise. <laughs> it's not dependent on one thing or a person. Indiana Jones needs to be in Indiana Jones because his it's his name on the marquee. Okay. <sighs> yeah, we get it. I I love some of these facts. It's I feel like I'm watching a BuzzFeed video. I hate it. Yeah. Welcome to the the BuzzFeed video that will make this podcast well over an hour. Oh jeez. 14 out of 77. Disney has a fun way of hiding its construction. All right. They hide the construction. 15. Star <gasps> Tours will remain. Star Tours ain't going anywhere. It's going to stay in Tomorrowland. Got it. 16. This didn't take that long. The park was built much quicker than we assumed. Not even that we assumed. It was right on schedule. Yeah. 17. Lasers will fly through the air. Somehow. That's what it says. Oh my god. One of Star Wars' most distinctive visual cues is seeing laser beams fly across the air, which, of course, isn't actually possible. Or is it? We wanted to bring that into the real world, said Paul Bailey, shows uh, show systems manager for Walt Disney Imagineers. The question is, how do you do that? Well, without giving it away, I can tell you we did do that. So, wow. Okay. I mean, the Imagineer team, especially for Star Wars, is working unbelievably hard. Oh, for sure. The land's going to be great. It's going to be great. And also, I think they figured out a way to make actual lightsabers huh. for their shows. I think that was a thing that I read, that they figured out essentially how to make lightsabers that look like lightsabers. Interesting. Yeah, obviously not ones that can, like, kill you, but the, right, the, the right. light stays in its... It's a little tubey. In its little area, yeah. Hmm. Without it looking like a pre-established tube. Yeah. 18. Pre-visual... Pre-visualization. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. Was well, massively important. So, like any project, planning was important. And also, concepts. Playtesting is crucial, number 19. So, testing the things before you let people go on it, also important. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Though we didn't have a chance to ride Smuggler's Run or Rise of the Resistance, a lot of people have. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you could have just done, why wasn't this just 66 facts? Because at least then you're like, well, okay, I can see why they wanted to get to 66. Yeah. It's like, we had people test these roller coasters before we just open them up to the public. And it's important. Did you know that? 
merchandise was one of the first calls. That is just not surprising. Uh, duh, it's a theme park, and they want money. There are nine primary merchandise locations in Galaxy's Edge. See? Okay, this is this is fun. Okay. Their names are The Droid Depot, Savvy's Workshop Hand-Built Lightsabers, Doc Ondor's Den of Antiques, oh my god, mm. uh, Creature Stall, The Jewels of Bith, Black Spire Outfitters, Todarian Toymaker, um, that's cute, and mm-hmm. Resistance Supply and First Order Cargo. Got it. And I'm going to spend all my money here. So this is actually the first picture. I'm not sure if you've seen these no. of the, the Toydarian toys. Oh, cute. I think these are so cute. Oh, um, but uh, Rhea's eyelashes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Get it's ready to canceled. get sued. <laughs> oh my goodness. Get ready to get sued, Star Wars. Here we go. This is nuts. But basically... But can I buy these things? Because this is a visual podcast... Let's describe what we're looking oh, at. Okay, they're so, little like little dollies. They look like handmade. They're very cute. I, I like these a lot because they do. They they're kind of like little rag dolls where you yeah we can see just kids playing with these For in sure. the Star Wars universe. Uh, something that I have heard about, which is I'm sure a fun fact number twenty nine. Right, is that all the merchandise or a good chunk of it is in universe merchandise. Right, so these are toys that you which is the would best find. choice. Yeah, I think this is a really great idea to do, so you really just feel immersed. It's the owl! There's a wooden owl! The Ahsoka owl! I just want to know if we can buy these things. I think so. Because that's the shit that I want. Yeah. Things that look like they could just be around your home, but secretly are like Star Wars stuff. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I assume so. So, uh, there's other things in this picture. There's uh, one of those little frog thingies that... Yeah, you have to be able to buy it. It's one of those noisemakers that you, run, you rub the the wooden rod up the back and it makes a croak sound. I want it! And there's also the wooden owl. Uh, the... And this looks like it might be like a music box, a first order like music box or something. Or maybe just yeah. a storage box. Like a wooden storage crate. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm like, that's the, these are the things that I want. And if I can't buy them, I'm gonna steal them. Just kidding. Yeah. But... With a little like rain kind of like rag dolls and they cute. pour. It just, it's very cute how immersive it, that is. Yes. Oh, so. 22. Todarians sell toys. Lawato from The Phantom Menace sells ship parts on Tatooine. His fellow Todarian, Zabaka, sells handmade toys on Batu. Hmm. Oh, this female Todarian, oh. just so you know it's a lady, owns Todarian Tarmaker. Alright, where you can buy handmade dolls, instruments, and trinkets based off fam- famous characters Zabaka has heard about in her travels. Cute. Cute. Ooh. So the, the, the Doc Ondar might... Oh, Doc Ondar, number, track number 23, might be the galaxy's best Star Wars collector. Mm. One of the biggest shops in the Black Spire is Doc Ondar's Den of Antiques. It's a rare antique shop featuring trinkets from all eras of Star Wars histories. Bust, crystals, oddities, uh, and all this you might remember from all these movies. But Yeah, this is stuff that I'm like, this is cool looking. It's all just like aesthetic pieces, and then also there's like, is that Darth Maul or is that Savage? That's Maul. Is it? Okay. Yeah. They have a ah, bust okay. of Darth Maul. They have, like, what looks like a Sith book. Yeah. They have red crystals and other statues. This kind of looks like the first picture they're showing is kind of like the Sith artifacts. Yeah. And that looks like different, like, Sith statues. This looks, like, sweet. And then we have some Jedi. So it looks like we have, we have some Jedi texts. We got Plo represent. Oh, my God. That was a weird echo that just happened when we did that. And... Oh, I love it. This Ooh! Cool. Yeah, everything looks really cool. The bust they have, the statues they have. 
these are gonna be really are those just holocrons? Yeah, they have Sith holocrons. Damn. And what's the other one? The Jedi. The Jedi holocrons. <laughs> uh, Doc Ondar sells legacy lightsabers. An example of what's sold in Doc Ondar's are legacy legacy lightsabers, sabers that look like the ones held by the most famous Jedi and Sith, from Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader to Ahsoka Tano. Holy and Kylo shit. We start about 110 bucks. 110 bucks in my size and also have accessories such as a $50 blade. Oh, okay. That lights up. I'm like, they don't come together, but if you just want to buy the hilt. Yeah. That makes sense. I'll probably just get hilts. Ooh, then I could just get Ahsoka's hilts. Yeah. Because I might just get Kylo's. Yeah. That would be all right with me. But also, I'm just waiting on my boy to get another saber. Right? Right? Kylo? Right, Kylo? Right, Ray? Come on. 25. There's a life-size Wampa. (laughs) <laughs> there you go cool uh on the whole second level of the shop there's just cool star wars easter eggs and props on the doc on thing right 26 a mysterious statue awaits when doing a virtual tour of galaxy's edge i noticed a large statue outside doc Ondar's store a statue of a priestess when i asked about it imaginary art director Kristen michaela confirmed it is a statue of it Confirmed the statue is part of Doc Ondar's large collection of mysterious artifacts. There's no word exactly what or who she is, though. Hmm, I wonder. No. 27, create your own custom lightsaber. We detailed this a bit in the previous article, but Savvy's Workshop Hand-Built Lightsabers is a special stand where park visitors can build their own lightsabers. They'll be able to choose one of four disciplines. Ooh. Interesting. So it's going to be a little more involved than the the booth at Star Traders. Mm Mm-hmm. Power and justice, power and control, elemental and nature, or protection and defense. Ooh. You're picking power and justice, aren't you? What were they? No. Uh, maybe, but I was also thinking element. There was one that said elemental, right? Yeah, there's elemental and nature. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that one sounds the most high fantasy, so it that's does. the one that I'm yeah. like, yeah. Then you'll choose your kyber crystal, and based on those two choices, you'll get a specific set of ten lightsaber pieces that can combi- be combined in any way. Resulting in your very own custom lightsaber. This is really cool. I, and I hope it's not just like the like you know the little plasticky yeah. ones. Because like if this is like, you actually get a nice lightsaber that's customized to you. This is what I wanted at Harry Potter World, but wasn't actually there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now they're saying this uh, might be a reservation experience, and since it can only be fourteen people at a time, and takes around fifteen minutes total to do. I mean, I'll. Do that's fine. I'll make a reservation. Yeah. I'll be on that wait list for six months. Look that's how fine. Cool. This looks, and they have another. Uh, concept art. It's called From the Droid Depot. Oh my god, I'm gonna live here, man. I oh, mean, it's gonna be impossible because there's gonna be 20 million people, but I'm geez. gonna have panic attacks just walking through it, but. Yeah. Uh, 28. Build your own droids. Like the lightsabers, there will be a store where guests can build their own droids. It's called the Droid Depot and it's run by a character named Mubu. Mubu. <laughs> After choosing it, uh, if you want to do a BB or an R-series droid, a BB. I'm making my own BB. The first day. I want to do everything so badly. You pick custom pieces, colors, and accessories to create your personalized dream droid. That droid can be fully radio controlled, and uh, if you guide it around the Black Spire outpost, it will interact with many of the elements. No way. so cute. No way. There are also pre-made droids like R2 and BB. They're going to get kicked. Oh, my God. But they're so cute. I want a BB. They're so cute. I wonder how big they are. I wonder if they're, like, Sphero-sized or... I assume they're, they've got to be around Sphero-sized. It doesn't say how big the size is here, but... Because they can't be too big, because they would be so expensive. Yep. 
Uh, 29, no blasters. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Disney's had a rule for a long time that nothing resembling a gun can be in the parks. And that... This the First Order troopers have them. Uh, that you can't sell them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, like, they've been around as, like, props. Yeah. Oh, okay, you, okay. you can't... I mean, and the rule that you can't sell them is a fairly new thing, actually. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't say it's been around a long time. I think it's been about three years. Mm-hmm. Because they had to take out all the bubble guns. They don't sell the bubble guns anymore. All their bubble makers don't look like guns, guns anymore. anymore. Got it. Yep. So, 30, buy adorable animals. Have you ever wanted your own Tauntaun, Porg, or Rathtar? Porg, yes. Mm-hmm. You can do this at the Creature Stand. An alien named Bina has traveled the galaxy and now sells toys, uh, toy versions of all these creatures, and many of which are interactive when you pet them. Oh, and watch out for the animatronic loath cat sleeping That's inside. so cute! I hope they have a loath cat plush yeah. in there. It doesn't look like they do, but yeah. why? Why don't The Porg's they? cute. That's actually one of the cutest Porg plushes that I've seen. That is very, very cute. Puffer Pig! <laughs> Course. Puff a pig, so they have a Tauntaun, a Wampa, a Raftar, who doesn't Ew. want that. Ugh. I really hope they add a Loath Cat. And to they them. might. Yeah, it's just not there for the preview yet. Yeah. 31, no quote unquote Disney stuff. All merchandise inside Galaxy's Edge, uh, if you buy it on Batu, is just. Uh, oh, all merchandise in Galaxy's Edge is this. Is this. Is this. Is it's from Batu. Yeah. It's not Disney. It's canon. Oh, it's, so it is. It's no Disney or Star Wars stuff. I didn't think that was, because I've seen some shirts that were just Star Wars shirts. So I that must not just be for the release of... Mm. Like, well, that's good, because I'm tired of everything just fucking saying Star Wars on it. They're like, this is Star Wars merch. It says Star Wars. I'm like, yeah. no! No, I'm actually very excited about this. Uh, so here we go. Clothing stores vary by location. Three clothing sta- uh, stands sell pieces based on where they are in the outpost. Black Spire out- uh, Outfitters is in the marketplace and sells robes. Resistance Supplies is in the forest area and sells resistance gear. And First Order Cargo is in the First Order section and sells their clothing. I love this. I do, too. So, have you seen all of the... No. Like, there's, well, there's the First Order. It's just a First Order, like, first uniform. First Order uniform. Gross. And then... Oh, crap. Go back. But then... Like, here are wow. the other outfits they're selling. Wow, that's just like a little anarchy. I know. Those I'm, look good. It's they about look time. really good. The belts look Here's really good. resistance stuff. Okay, so that's the shirt that I saw. Um, so that must be in the park. That's actually a cute little shirt. It is. And so some people, I, per- I personally don't think this means anything. I actually do think, potential spoiler warning, uh, on these things. Ah, the, the Sparky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so on this illustration, it's TLJ, Ray. And her lightsaber kind of looks a little sparky. Mm. I personally think this is just the artist's tr- a- attempt of making something it look like glow. it glowing. Yeah. But I, I do genuinely think it's very possible, just from rumors we heard, that her saber is sparky like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm just saying I don't think this is proof. I think that's just an attempt to make something look like it's glowing. But, but I would be down for it. I would be too. Look at that. I like that shirt too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Little Ray shirts. Yeah. Here we go. I like them. A family full of resistance gear. It's cute. I, I, oh. The Jedi stuff is, that is finally, like yeah. how long have we been like, why do you only sell these ugly bathrobes? I don't know. With like weird lining on the inside, why do you not sell Jedi robes? Finally. Mm-hmm. I feel like they took a lot, which like, thank God for this. I feel like they took a lot from Harry Potter world and they were like, oh, people really like feeling immersed. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Okay. Now we're finally at the food and drink section. Oh, cool. There are five main food stands. They're called Oga's Cantina. I only read that as Olga's at first. <laughs> you got so excited. God. R.I.P. Olga's. Olga's. Even though... Olga's it still exists. 
Yeah, but not here. Not, I know, right? R.I.P. in my life. Mm-hmm. And Olga did recently pass away. She so did. So rest in peace to the original Olga. Yeah. But they're called Olga's Cantina, Docking Bay Seven Food and Cargo, Ronto Roster's Milk Stand, and <laughs> Kat Saka's Kettle. I just really hope that the milk stand... Is just blue milk. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just between blue milk and green milk, and I really just hope it has boba, too, though. I want them to have milk tea. Me, too, but I want it to actually be, like, milk tea and not, like, something nasty. Yeah. yeah like, the, the jasmine one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, it was, like, fun, but Blech. a little much. Uh, 34, we finally define the taste and smell of Star Wars. We all watch Star Wars, we hear it, but we don't really engage the other senses. This project was Disney's chance to finally define those things. We don't know what it, what it tastes like. Uh, Did he get to define it? Oh, said Walt Disney's Walt Disney World's cul- culinary director Brian Piaski. I just said I just read like that said Walt Disney. I'm like, you asked Walt? <laughs> wow. What does it smell like? What does it look like? We had an opportunity to bring these touch points to every single guest that visits Galaxy's Edge. Um, you were saying something. Did you? No. Right. Oh, I was just like, we don't know what it, and I was like, what, did they not get to taste it? The people who, they didn't no, get to, no. 35, Star Wars food is defined by bold choices and taste. That was the mantra for everyone developing the food and drinks. Be big, be different. If it looks like one thing and maybe tastes like something else, that'd be really cool. The flavors in Galaxy's Edge and Docking Bay 7 are going to be very bold. Yeah, okay, but I so don't want, but I don't want jasmine milk tea, because that's gross. Just give me a black milk tea. Yeah, I, I hope they have that as an option. Please. Please. And also, boba. Yeah, boba. Come on. 36. Planets inspired much of the food. Star Wars planets are very distinct, and chefs draw ideas for possible ingredients by imagining the kind of vegetation or spices that could come from these planets like Endor, Crate, and Tatooine. So here's some pictures of the blue milk. Wow, it looks like blue milk. (laughs) They invented blue milk. I mean, it's not... I don't really think they invented it. They didn't it's, invent it. Guys. I mean, unless like, it's going to taste completely different from what we're. And expecting. you can't say invented green milk because my mom would make green milk every St. Patrick's Day. You <laughs> yeah, just, the Shamrock Shake already exists, guys. I know, right? They invented blue milk. There couldn't be Star Wars Land without Star Wars' most famous beverage, blue milk. And Galaxy's Edge will officially unveil what that is to the world. I'm guessing it's milk with blue dye in it. The problem is. Uh, but there was a problem. Oh, Galaxy's Edge exists in Southern California and Florida. And milk is about the last thing you'd want to drink in those warm climates. Okay, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not actually milk. Instead, it's a plant-based dairy creation huh. that's almost frozen into a smoothie with berry and melon flavors. Okay. So it's not going to be milky, maybe. I'll try it. I'll try it. If it's like a fruity drink, that'd be nice. Yeah. There's also green milk, is the next fun fact. Uh... Had to make it a separate fact, really stretching. So, docking bay seven, food and cargo is the main event. Most of the exotic foods of the Black Spire Outpost can be found in docking bay seven, a quick service restaurant run by Chef Strono Cookie Tugs, who <laughs> used us to work in Maz Kanada's palace on Takodana before it was destroyed. Not oh, cute. cute. So, see, he made it out fine. Yeah, he's all right. So will Aunt Z. That looks like fried rice. You have some fried rice and a, I'm guessing like a tofu thing or a chicken. Or like chicken, yeah. Yep. Ooh, that, that looks, looks yummy. Good. It's like a, looks like a, a big chunk like of meat. A meatloaf dish, a shrimp dish. Shrimp noodle dish. Uh, some some fish. Mm-hmm. An, an ad. advertisement. <laughs> uh, some 
Can't eat it. It's got Pollution cilantro in it. and garden spread. Oh, yeah. It's got cilantro in it. Can't eat it. Canceled. Ooh. Ooh. These what desserts have yet to be named yet. We're going through photos of the food. I apologize. Uh, but the last one is a raspberry cream puff. That sounds great. With a passion fruit mousse. And the other is a chocolate cake with white mousse and a coffee custard. Mm. Are they just like on frozen? Like, I wonder if that's like frozen jello. Because I was like, is it just ice? Because that would not be good. Oh, yeah. That, that might be a weird plate. Mm. Ooh, braised shock roast. Yum. That, oh, my God. I'm excited to eat here. Smoked kedu ribs. Ribs. Yum. Jesus. And a cookie? And a cookie. Is that it? Oh, some... More some chicken? T- tip yip blends. And then we're back at the beginning. But they're actually... The food looks, looks really nice. Great food. And actually, the, the next fun facts are all... There's the smoked kedu ribs, fried and dorian, uh, tip yip, Mm. Uh, yob shrimp noodle salad, flution garden spread, oven roasted burrish fish, or roasted tri yip. I like the tri yip instead of tri tip. It's very yep. funny. And others. So forty. Of course, there's a cantina. August Cantina is the other major food location in Blackspire Outpost, but it's really just a bar like the ones we're familiar from A New Hope, Attack of the Clones, or Force Awakens. Wait. This cantina is run by Oga, a mysterious figure who is also in charge of the Blackspire or Black Market on the planet. It serves snacks as well as alcoholic and non-alcoholic potations. It's very... I wonder how long liquor is going to be able to stay served there. I I wonder if it's going to get taken away. You know, people... Human mankind can't be trusted with anything, let's be honest. Because it's going to be so crowded and people are going to be drunk. So... And they're going to be drunk and they're going to be like think that they're bounty hunters and then what if the ju- alcoholic beverages is called the jedi mind trick and i'm not sure that's very funny <laughs> that's hilarious so the alcoholic beverages uh with a few comparable examples if applicable are is the outer rim is the star wars versions of a margarita a fuzzy tauntaun which is the star wars version of a fuzzy navel mm-hmm. navel navel the t-16 sky hopper the dagobah slug slinger the jedi mind trick which i mean we just have to get uh-huh. the yub nub the star wars version of rum punch jet juice 2 bloody rancor oh god yeah. um yeah the star wars the version mary. of bloody mary yeah and uh the spirian calf and the best spin fizz the star wars version of a cosmopolitan okay these do look fun but it's gonna be we have to try all of them at yeah. least once it's gonna be a fun day. The non-alcoholic beverages include. I say this as someone who like drinks one alcoholic beverage a year, but it'll be saved for Galaxy. Oh, right. Like, I do drink more than you, but still only like, wh- like in D and D sessions. <laughs> there where we go. Neither of us are big drinkers, but we have to try them all. So the non-alcoholic beverages are the Black Spire Brew, which is a spicy coffee. Interesting. A taurine tea. A Yum. blue bantha. Which is a chilled, more milk-like version of blue milk, which comes with a cookie that looks like a bantha. Cute. The Cliff Dweller, a kind of ginger ale fruit punch. Interesting. A hyperdrive punch it, (laughs) a Jabba juice, a Mugen tea, and a carbon freeze, which freezes on its own. I'm liking that there's like two tea versions. I'm very interested. Mm -hmm. I like tea a lot. A Mugen tea with boba? With boba? Right. Come on. One of them be just a... Boba. A black milk tea with boba. Yeah, just a black milk tea. Come on. 41. Beers and wine will be exclusive to Galaxy's Edge. We knew that. Yeah. Oh, wait. Are they saying they have, like, specific beer that's exclusive to them? Probably. Right, that might be true, but look at... Oh, boba! That's, it's not a black milk tea, but there's definitely boba in there. There's definitely boba in that. Not, They're looks, probably popping boba, too. There's popping boba, which I prefer tapioca boba, but... Me too. Baby but. steps. We're gonna get there. But, I mean, it does... Look, like, how can you not put boba in it? Because it looks so alien. It does. 
I'm glad that they didn't ignore that. Because yeah. I'm like, no, guys, it looks so alien and cool. They look like little eggies. They do. You're like, oh, ew, am I drinking eggs? I can't wait. 42, order Oga's Obsession. In all the author's tastings from all the menus of Galaxy's Edge, the one thing that stood out with, uh, with a small plate called Oga's Obsession, which is served in the canteen. Okay, one thing that's really stood out. It's a hard gelatin with little bubbles in it. Okay, yeah. that's what they're talking about. Yeah. With a little... With boba. Whatever. <gasps> Padme's orders on the menu. What? What? 43. This is important. We're finally to the important part. Finally. 43. Padme's order is on the menu. How much detail is paid to these things, says the author. In the book, Throne Alliances, Padme visits a cantina on Blackfire Outpost on Batu and orders an Andoan white wine off the menu. That, of course, is on the menu at Oga's Cantina in the park. Oh. That's all right. It's I very know I'm sweet. never going to finish reading the Thrawn book, but... Well, we're going to have to go and get that wine. I know. We're going to have to. And then <laughs> pour one out for the queen! <laughs> we got to record it, too. Yep. It's probably way too expensive to pour it out, but... Yeah, but still. We'll do, like, a drop. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, there we go. <laughs> 44. Eat, eat space meats made on a pod, a pod racing engine. That's kind of cute. Uh... One of the primary eating establishments in the Black Spire Outpost is Ronto Roasters, mm-hmm. run by a character named Bakar. It serves sausage, a sausage wrap, non-alcoholic beverages named the Tatooine Sunset, the Sour Sarlacc, and the Milo Run Juice, as well as two flavors of turkey jerky, sweet teriyaki, and spicy herb. Cute. And there's like the, Ooh, the grill cute. looked like a... Like a pod racing engine? I assume so. That's really cute. Yeah. This this might be... No. But here's a... A Ronto wrap. <laughs> Ooh, bacon. Oh, God. It's going to be so crowded forever, and I just want to live here. No. Four, enjoy colorful Star Wars popcorn. The popcorn has multiple colors. Yuck. Woo! 46, John Williams' music won't be used how you think. Well, how did I think it was going to be used? Right? Since Galaxy's Edge is a real place, not a theme park, the new John Williams music, uh, that the new music John Williams wrote won't be just playing outside. All right, Star Wars music doesn't just play in the world of Star Wars, mostly. You can expect it to be on the rides where it should be. So it'll just be quiet. I think that's the only place in... Interesting, but also... Stores, establishments do play music. They do. And you're in, like, an open market, so if you had, like, speakers in some of the marketplaces playing it, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Because, like, the cantina will obviously be playing music, right? Mm -hmm. The restaurants in the cantina should be playing music, because that makes sense for the world. Yeah. No, the right? cantina has to be. Right? It, it'll be the uh, cycle of the do-do-do-do-do-do-do and the... It's gotta be more than just that, Just please. a cycle of both those. 47. The Dianaga has a cheeky cameo. The Dianaga, also known as the gross snake creature from the trash compactor <laughs> in New Hope, appears in the land. It's hiding inside a tube above the water fountain and pops up when people are drinking from it. <laughs> <laughs> The tube is filled with what looks like a gross water, which isn't feeding into the fountain, but is meant to look like it does. <laughs> gross. I wonder how many complaints they'll get about that. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's going to be a thing they change, because I have a feeling people are going to, like, think that's the water they're drinking. Yeah, we'll see. 48. Because they're just going to be like, well, look when it comes out. It's yeah. not that color, guys. Yeah. 48. Cast members create their own identities with parameters. While cast members are encouraged to develop their own unique Star Wars characters. Oh my god, I want to work here. With their own personalities and allegiances, they were given certain restrictions. They're so incredibly excited they're making up things while we're like, wait, 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 hold on there. You can't be Han's second cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. 
The costumes will be a Disney first. Fact 49. For the first time in history of Disney theme parks, cast members who work in Galaxy's Edge not only will be developing their own personalities, they will express by picking their own outfits from a curated wardrobe. So here's some of the wardrobe pictures. Come on. Yeah. I want to work here. I know, right? <laughs> Me and my OC. Here we are. You're just going to, like, LARP all day, every day. That sounds like the best. Uh, 50. Both rides will offer multiple experiences. But that would ruin the canon if there was multiple options. I'm just saying. <laughs> We've detailed the ride experiences extensively in the previous article, but an interesting note beyond this is that neither ride is always going to be the same. Depending on how your six-person crew works together in Smuggler's Run, like we knew that, the mm-hmm. ride will change slightly. It was confirmed but not explained that the Rise of Re- Resistance has different variations as well. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. we knew about the first one. Yeah. 51. Look out for droid tracks. If the Black Spire Outpost has been around for a generation, odds would the droids would be too. Okay, I know that they scanned the original R2-D2 feet from A New Hope and put his tracks into Cute. the park. The app. No. Here we are. The app is basically a third ride. If you aren't riding on one of the main two attractions, Disney hopes you'll be using the Play Disney Parks app to have a unique time in the theme park. From the lines to the stores, walkways, and more, the app unlocks new experiences any turn. <laughs> the whole thing was built and wired around to be interactive from day one. 53. Hack, scan, and translate tune. It's interesting. I'm. They haven't mentioned much of the uh, part that it remembers you. Right, they yet. haven't mentioned that yet. I wonder if that's something they Dropped? scrapped. Yeah. Ha- hack, not. scan, translate, and tune. Those are four tools in the Star Wars section of the app, and through these tools, guests will be able to do things around this land. Like, it might track you through the app. Yeah, it might. But I kind of like the idea of the Magic Band, but I know I'm in the minority of liking the Magic Band. A lot of people don't like the Magic Band. Why? 54. Accept all kinds of jobs. Yeah, yeah so it looks like the... What we originally I don't want to have to download something on my app. own phone. I want to do it. It's the, the Disneyland app, though, so it's not like. Yeah, but I just wanted to have the fucking. I know. Wristband. Yeah. I, I don't agree. want to have my phone out. That breaks the experience. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very true. One of the four main menus in the app is for the job board. There's a huge variety of different jobs, aka games, available for the ones that take seconds, uh, and some that can take much longer. Each will require you to walk around using the app, use your tools, and complete tasks. Because, like, my phone dies, you know no. what I mean? And, like, it breaks the experience if I can just, like, open up Twitter in the middle of tracking, doing this, like, resistance mission. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a little disappointing. Yeah. 55. Keep your heads up. Disney doesn't want a bunch of people just walking around with their heads in their phones. <laughs> Are you sure? Because that's what it sounds like. Yep. So all the jobs in the app require you to look around. <laughs> well, that dealt with your concern, but I still think it's... It's, it's still... not exactly what I was hoping it would be. Yeah. I'm sure it'll still be fun, but... I was hoping it would be a little more immersive, immersive yeah. and yeah. Uh, don't worry about Wi-Fi. Though you'll need Wi-Fi to download the app. The app's functions are all designed to use Bluetooth and location services. You can join them offline. At least it's that. The main game is always happening, though. You can complete jobs and games on your own or with the group. The app also has a still untitled main game that's constantly running. All right. So it sounds like you want me to fucking kill my battery. Got it. Everything on the app is also canon. Build your own reputation over multiple trips. All right. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, it's just all through the app, though. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense. That's probably the easiest way for them to do it. And the cheapest way for people who don't have to buy... You, everyone has a phone. 
most everyone has a phone. But kids, like, I mean, don't. I, kids don't. And also, like, people who are coming from overseas. I mean, I guess they did say you don't, you don't have to be online, online yeah. but, like, it's Bluetooth, yeah. You can choose your allegiance indirectly. Everyone using the app will be categorized as either resistance first order or scoundrel. Only after you've done enough tasks to prove yourself. Oh, that's kind of fun. I like that. Mm-hmm. The app will be updated. Completed all the jobs. Hoping for something new. The app will be updated. All right. All right. Uh, the characters. Okay. 62. Finally. We're almost there. Doc Ondor is an animatronic interactive character. Doc, a 245-year-old Ithorian, will always be in his store moving around. Working where, oh, in his own booth. I'm like, like, like walking? They figured out walking? I'm trying to Doc's responses change on his, based on his mood, so he can be happy or frustrated, depending on the events of the day. They Cute. needed a pirate, so, yeah, this is kind of fun. Have you seen the Hondo animatronic yet? No! There's a, it's going to be Hondo? Yeah, it's Hondo. That's yeah. cool! Uh, I wonder if it's... Uh, Oh, we'll see if the video's here. If not, I'll go look for it. They needed a pirate! Of all the Star Wars characters that could have been uh, the main character Smuggler's Run, why did they pay- pick Hondo? We needed a pirate, Beck said. Oh, which I'm assuming is Carrie Beck. Hmm. And when you need a pirate, there's one person that came to mind. Hondo Onaka. Yeah. He's again voiced by Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> 65. Hondo is the second most advanced animatronic d- character in Disney history. What was hmm. the first? Oh, the Navi. Uh, currently in oh, Pandora. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which, man, still wish I would have been able to ride that ride when I was there, but I was not about to stand in line for that long. Yeah. Uh, R3X has been reprogrammed. R3X, the pilot of the original Star Tours. Aww. That's so cute. Somehow ended up in August Cantina and the Black Spire outpost of, uh, on the two as a DJ. <laughs> He's been reprogrammed to perform that uh, action and is still po- voiced by Paul Rubens. There'll well, be three hours of RX or R3X music, so you'll be... There you go. You know, so we, we do know there's going to be music. Uh, his music is electric and new. Cute. Uh, ooh, is this like... Look at the... So this is one of the hallways for Rise of the Resistance. Nice. It um, just looks like a spaceship. I, know, I just want to go take photos in here, right? Yeah. I assume that for a while they're going to let people come in a costume. Uh, you think so, or do you think they're only going to save it for special nights? I think for opening, they are. Because, like, one, the stores sell exclusively Star Wars, basically, costumes. Mm-hmm. I think for opening, they're going to allow people to come in costumes. Even but character costumes? I Maybe not character costumes and maybe not helmeted costumes, but, like, robes and stuff. It might be strict, but yeah, I think, they, I think they'll allow people to wear stuff that they sell in the park. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. But I can see them being like, no, Ahsoka, you can't come in. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that might be true. Odds and ends. <laughs> 69. <laughs> Orlando and Anaheim are almost identical. I'm losing my voice. 70. The props are everything. In the movie business, there's a line. We'll fix it in post. Said the portfolio executive producer for Imagineering, Robin Reardon. In the theme parks is, we'll fix it with props. By the time Galaxy's Edge opens, there'll be tens of thousands of props specifically created for the land. Many of which were specifically created only with materials that were available before 1980. To keep up with the aesthetic of the original trilogy. Cute. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and then here's a picture of Inside the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> 71. Lucasfilm's archive was a great resource. In as many instances as possible, the prop department used original Lucasfilm molds for everything imaginable. 
from the merchandise, like lightsabers to ships, surfaces, and everything. 72, Cute. everything is set a little higher on purpose as you walk through Galaxy's Edge. You may notice that every uh, things are a little above eye level that was done on purpose in anticipation for it being very crowded. <laughs> yeah. There's a hidden Hidalgo. One of the favorite Easter eggs for the people at Lucasfilm is that creative executive Pablo Hidalgo's voice is used somewhere in the land. He is one of many, many, many Easter eggs hiding everywhere in the outpost. Okay. The future. <laughs> 74. We're so close. Third Alliances was a key moment. There's a lot of content coming out or already out that has scenes or moments set on but two. In publishing, that started out with Timothy, Timothy Zahn's book, Thrawn Alliances. Um, is there anything important here? Nope. <laughs> we knew this. 75. The future's already in the works. Galaxy's Edge wasn't designed to just be what it is on one day and forever. In fact, there are doors and areas you'll see when you walk that there's already being planned for. So, closed doors. All right. Got it. We've also built in the ability as this land grows, as new characters come on board, as new stories come out, as we see our guests react to the land and ability to come to new spaces and flex spaces. Cool. It's going to grow. Got it. Got it. Figured. There's all, there are teases from future films. Yeah, we were told that somewhere in the park there were new teases, specifically vehicles from the new films, assuming episode 9. Yeah, because it's the only one we know of right now. Duh. Uh, whether that's the Thai Eklon described in my previous article. That I, I will credit the author after this. I'll scroll up and say who wrote it. We don't know. And other things we don't know until after the movie's released. 77, the latest on construction. Though no one was prepared to give a specific percentage of how finished the project was as of mid-February, the head of construction, Walt Smith, said we're really close to being complete. Wow. I want to die. Okay, let's credit this guy and let's get out of here. Yeah. Here we go. Jermaine Lucier. You can look up his other articles if you want. Yep, that was a very long 77 facts yes, about... And I think we learned about four things. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, Thanks, BuzzFeed. Thanks, BuzzFeed, for that one. <laughs> but anyway, we're re I'm really, really excited for Galaxy's Edge. I really hope that somehow we can get into one of the preview days. We'll see. What I would I give. Wish. Like because it's gonna, oh, it's gonna be so crowded. And hey, I'm gonna hey, be... Star Wars. Do you want to invite some people who actually really like the sequel trilogy? Please? Because right now you just like are inviting people who. I mean, I'll, there are people who like the sequel trilogy, but I've seen, like, some people complaining that they weren't invited who have just complained about Star Wars for Past, years like, now. like, ten years. Yeah. And they were like, why weren't we invited? I'm like, yeah, I wondered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we only disliked one. Yeah. And we like the ones that are gonna matter, so. <laughs> yeah. Come on. But, yeah, anyway, next time we talk, we'll, we will have seen the finale for Resistance unless something big drops in the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. My voice hurts a lot. I hope you enjoyed all those fun facts. <laughs> all those super fun facts. Especially that really fun fact about how they test the rides before people go on it. It's really important, and mm -hmm. they do it. Yeah. Good fact. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, MCT. I'm your other host, I'm Solo. All right, I'll talk to you later. See you. I love you. <laughs> Bye.